Hey, hey, what's up? It's Laura Landers, and you are listening to the Live Sick, Die Ill podcast. Welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about tips on how to break out of a period of intimidation. You could even call it a period of fear. You could even call it a period of being too comfortable. You could call it a period of standing in your own way, stopping yourself before you start, all of those things. It kind of goes hand in hand. So we're going to talk about how to help yourself get out of those moments when you realize you've been in a funk for a little too long. So moving into the unknown is not only difficult, but it can be super scary. So it's kind of all about your mindset, right? Are you a person who likes adventure? Are you a person who craves security? And whether that's in your job or your life or your house or all of it or just a few of those things, everyone's different and everyone has a different core value. And this specifically talking about being intimidated, moving forward in life, I'm going to be using um, the career point of view, but just know that this can be associated with any part of your life, whether it's having kids or buying something really big like a house or breaking up with someone that you've been in a relationship for a really long time with that you just never thought you could break up with, but you realize that you're settling. I mean, it's just, there's so much that this can be applied to. So please don't count yourself out when I'm only talking about a career in this point of view. So moving forward can be scary. The unknown can be scary. Um, And like I said, Are you viewing it from an adventurous, spontaneous, like, oh yeah, I love adventure. So that means bring on change and bring on the unknown because that means something's new and exciting and fresh because maybe you get bored really easy with life or maybe you're on the other spectrum of it where you're like, I need a house over my head, a steady income, I've got two kids, I need to know that I am safe where I am and anything else that is going to adjust my life is scary. Maybe that's where you're at right now. So this whole podcast is going to be somewhat of a shorter podcast because it's more of just practical tips unless, you know, I blab like way too long. Then sorry, but not sorry. You're choosing to listen to this podcast, which I'm really thankful for. So This can kind of be viewed as standing in your own way or stopping yourself before you start. In fact, I am your number one victim, your number one victim, my own person. I always, like since the day I was born, my internal flaw, if you will, is that I stop myself before I start. So I'm always the person to give myself an excuse Or even better yet, one step further from an excuse, I'm the kind of person who's going to not even have a chance to breathe in oxygen. That's how fast my brain works in this department to tell myself there's a reason why I shouldn't do it. That is how quick my brain works in this department of stopping myself before I start. If you are that way, let me know because it is um, an unfortunate way. (laughs) Maybe you're like, Laura, I don't want to tell you I'm that way. I'm trying to break out of it. Me too, girl or guy or whatever. Sorry, not sorry. Um, so let's talk about it. Standing your, standing in your own way is something that is somewhat of a buzzword in today's day and age, but 
we don't really know how to stop it, right? Like, what are we identifying to be able to overcome ourselves being in our own way? Because you can't just say, hey, get out of your own way. And you're like, yeah, I should get out of my own way. You're right, man. And then you don't have any helpful tools to move forward. Like, how are you standing in your own way? What can you do to get out of your own way? And how do you implement that into your daily life so that you are now making new decisions to transform your mind to therefore transform your life and your future, right? So here are some tips on how to break out of standing in your way or just in a period of intimidation or being too comfortable in life to move forward, start anything new. Um, But let me just tell you a little story. So when, it's kind of funny, when Jordan and I were dating, we dated on and off. He's the only person I've ever dated on and off. Um, When we finally got back into like our, I'm going to let you back into my life, but just be friends kind of stage before he got in his accident. Well, actually he got in his motorcycle accident. If you didn't know, Jordan got in this horrific motorcycle accident. He was on his motorcycle. A lady ran a red light and ran right into him. Um, and his like leg essentially exploded and he was in the hospital for two months. And during the time that we were in the hospital for two months, now him and I were just friends, but that motorcycle accident kind of made us realize like, yeah, we're going to get married. (laughs) Like, I really care about this guy. And God told me to stay in the hospital with him every single night. And so there was a period probably, I can't even remember now, but I want to say it was like a month to six weeks that we were in the hospital. And our doctor, we presented this idea. We're like, we really want to go to this um, church conference. It's about the unknown. Like the title of the conference was like, I don't know, step into the unknown or don't fear the unknown or unknown. I don't know. So maybe it's just unknown. And weirdly enough, Jordan was like on all of these machines with his leg. Like he, the doctor shouldn't have let us go, but he was like, yeah, sure. Just take the machine. Here's a wheelchair. Jordan couldn't walk. He was in a wheelchair the whole time. I was like his nurse. Um, go for the weekend and then come back to the, readmit yourself back into the hospital and we'll continue. I'm like, what? This is insane. So we went to this church conference. It was all about the unknown. And that conference, if it wasn't for that conference, I probably wouldn't be so adventurous about the unknown. But essentially we were there, we went to the conference two days in a row. So imagine being in a wheelchair in downtown LA that has no pavement, road, sidewalks for people that are in wheelchairs. Let me just tell you. And we got so much out of that conference. Jordan, unfortunately, was in a lot of pain. <laughs> I don't really don't know why we went to that conference. This is just another funny thing to add to that whole hospital journey of ours. But um, that whole conference over the two days basically told us, hey, you should look at the unknown as the chance for God to let you have more faith in him. And yeah, that's kind of a standard way of thinking about faith. But 
essentially drilling into our heads like all day for two days that the unknown is a really beautiful thing and we are never going to know what the future holds and being intimidated about the future or intimidated about the culture that you're in or intimidated about the talent that you're um, surrounded by isn't something that you should be afraid of. Um, I was so fearful for so many years, especially when I moved out to Los Angeles about honestly, Okay, so I was really, really talented in dance. Like, it's funny, if you knew, if you're watching this and you are listening to this and you knew about my dance past, it's kind of funny because I would always try to be so humble and not have a big head. And I think I didn't have a big head then. I just knew I was really talented and I was one of the best. Like, you just know. Like, there's just a subtle confidence. And that's what I had. I was so confident in my talent as a dancer. I was the best in my dance studio at home. I was best at the college I went to. Like I was better than people older than me that have been dancing for longer than me. Like it is interesting because I am an expert as a professional dancer or was. I haven't necessarily been dancing, especially during the pandemic. So maybe don't call me an expert anymore. Or maybe you call me whatever. What is expert anyways? But when I moved to Los Angeles, I, I was a, you know, growing up in Dallas, I was a big fish in a small pond going to the college for dance. I was a big fish in a small pond and then moving to Los Angeles. I was now a small pond. Wow. Small fish in a big pond and more like a lake or an ocean. And I immediately lost my drive of dance and love for dance. Number one, didn't like the LA dance industry. And I was actually too afraid to say that I didn't like the LA dance industry because I thought it was going to ruin my chances at being a dancer. I love the tap dance industry in LA. That is like solid gold chef's kiss, but the audition dance industry, I actually didn't know until I had to be in it. And I was a full grown adult and paid a lot of money to go to college for dance that it was horrible. I hated it so much, like so much so that I went to auditions very little and I was so fearful and so intimidated by all of the talent around me, by the bodies around me. Like they were skinnier, taller, had better hair, no acne, like just cut, chiseled. And in the dance world, it's all about comparison. Like you literally have to be better than the person next to you, not different because you're being casted to most of the time be like a robot. Like you need to fit exactly what the choreographer wants or the artist wants. And I was a redhead, so I stood out with my red hair. So that was another thing going against me. And the more I was in the industry of the dance world in Los Angeles, the more I was getting fearful and the more I was getting intimidated and I stopped. I just stopped being a dancer. I, the only reason I kept up with tap dancing was because I, um, thankfully because of my talent and connections got put into a really great tap company. And then that led to another tap company. And that was the only reason I stayed in dance and the community, the tap community is so normal and the tappers are so just normal people that love to dance and make music with their feet and are brilliant and have, we're all like-minded in the way our brains function. Like your brain has to function differently to be a tap dancer. So 
that being said, I left dance. This, there's, this whole story is helpful because then I started diving into new passions of my life, right? And I think that it is somewhat of a natural thing we do as human beings is either we have to leave a passion of ours or we die to a passion of ours because we're trying to get more money and we work a different job, whatever it may be. So I was electing to not be in the dance world, but a part of me felt like I needed to still be in the dance world. So I was a manager at a dance studio for four years and ran the studio for the most part um, because I couldn't leave that part of me alone but I was still so intimidated by the people that were in it, like the dance teachers that would come to the studio. Like I just felt less than, but I shouldn't have because I was honestly, probably, I don't really know, more talented than they were in dancing, but I just couldn't be in the field. Um, and now that I have gotten over that, I'm like happy to dance again. Um, even in LA, like who cares anymore? But because now that I'm not in it, I don't feel like I have to be competing in a sense. So during that time of leaving LA, or sorry, leaving the dance industry, I was falling in love with fashion, which I've always been in love with fashion, but could never really um, observe the art when I was younger because number one, I didn't have time. I was dancing all the time. But number two, it wasn't a fashion city. People didn't care about fashion, so I wasn't surrounded by fashion. So something to think about in my life, and maybe yours too, is that you got to think, what are your passions? What have you experienced moving forward that maybe you thought like, you know, there's all these movie magic moments where you... It's not even movies. It's just like interviews from people that are experts in their fields later on in life. And you add that you look at the their childhood or like where it all stemmed from. Right. What's the root of the love of fashion or what's the root of the love of skydiving? How did you become the number one best skydiver in the world? And they're like, oh, you know, my dad, when I was younger, would take me skydiving and we went every weekend and then he had a company and then he d he died and he passed it on to me. And so then I just, you know, skydived every day. And so then it, it's like, uh, man, they've been saturated in this for like their entire life. Of course, they're going to be an expert at it. And it almost makes you feel like you can't move forward. You can't be the interior designer because you just started. So then you just get that overwhelming sense of intimidation. You get the overwhelming sense of getting in your own way. That is you getting in your own way because you, that's just another example of like reading someone's interview and you're like, well, I don't have that kind of a story and that story seems to be fairly common. So damn, you know, and it's like, don't get in your own way doing that. I haven't even gotten to my tips yet. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I just have to tell you the story because I think real life stories are so important um, and I think sometimes real life stories can also stop you, right? Like whenever, um, I'm hearing a testimony about someone's walk with God and I need God to do some huge breakthrough in my life. And it seems like God has done this huge breakthrough for all of these other people, but he hasn't done it for me yet. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just, uh, lose my faith like it, it feels really hard to move forward and then you get intimidated almost 
by something that shouldn't be intimidating, but in fact should be bringing you life and inspiration and joy because that's something that you want to go after. So with the spirit of intimidation, what I found is here's, I'm just going to go into the tips now. The first reason or first tip, excuse me, is to find the reason why you're intimidated or fearful. So is the reason you're intimidated about moving forward in career or whatever it may be because you're afraid of success? That's a real thing. So these are questions you can ask yourself. Like I was fearful if I became a well-known TV host or a well-known fashion designer that if I blew up, my marriage would fall apart because that's just what celebrity marriages do. Not that I'm even going to be a celebrity, but you know, I just automatically put myself there because I'm weird. Or is it fear of failure? Like what will happen to me if I fail? I will lose all the money that I have. I'll lose my respect from people and my friends and my family. Like why do I think that? That's just stupid, irrational fear. And those are all complete lies. In fact, if I did fail and lost all of my money, there are still ways to move forward. And your life won't end. And it's not as dire as you think. And yeah, I know all the, there's bankruptcy. There's, yeah, you might lose respect from people, but who cares about those people? Like, yeah, you have a reputation, but how is your character when you bounce back from being a failure? That's what people value higher than anything else. So maybe you're just intimidated by the talent around you. Let's say that you are um, wanting to be, I don't know, um, a singer and you have been practicing your singing talent and then you get a gig where you get to sing with other people, but those people are way better than you. So then you let the intimidation scare you and then you actually don't end up liking the job as much. But you see what I'm saying? So the spirit of intimidation is very real and you have to make sure not to allow that. So how do you not allow that? First, you need to find the reason behind the intimidation. What is it? Once you figure that out and kind of have that that back subconscious knowledge of, okay, I get really intimidated like me actually me, I get intimidated because I live in a big city with a lot of talented people. And it's like a thought of ours that maybe we should move for the sake of that. Like, can I get over it? That's not one, like the only reason we would want to move, but like is one of them, right? I've been out here for seven and a half years. I'm being very real with you right now. Um, I don't talk a lot to, (laughs) I don't talk about this a lot with people, but, um, that knowing that knowing what the intimidation is, maybe you can move. Like if that, if you realize, okay, I'm intimidated because, uh, because of the city I'm in, the city I'm in has millions of talented people who are doing the exact same thing as me. So that actually makes me not want to do anything at all because I know that I, I'm just now learning. Like right now, here's a little real life story for you. Another one. Um, I have always said in my head that I want to be a fashion designer, but I've never actually designed anything like with an educated mind. Um, and I'm someone who thrives off of a template. Like I need to have 
the basic knowledge and a foundation to understand how I can create on top of that. Like I can't just create off of this conceptual idea of what an industry is. Like I actually have to know the basics of the industry to be able to feel secure enough to move forward in my creativity. And so, um, I've had a lot of fashion experience in LA. I've styled a lot of people and styling is different from designing. I mean, it's within the same field, of course. And so there's similarities, but it is different. And so, um, and I hope you can apply this to your current situation, but I realized that I can't design if I don't like, I can't design if I don't have the basic knowledge. Like, so I bought a couple of fashion books. And I'm now starting to actually learn the design, fashion, even just the vocabulary. And knowing that that vocabulary is what it is, I don't have to guess when I'm speaking to people. So if I feel confident in now speaking to people about fashion design, I don't feel as intimidated anymore because I'm teaching myself something, right? So instead of now having this... um just dream of being a fashion designer in my mind, I can actually be a fashion designer when I'm done learning. So therefore I can actually take the action steps to becoming, instead of it just being a dream, it being a goal. So I am someone, and maybe you're this way too, am a dreamer. I dream of my future And I dream it so much that I don't take steps towards it. And that's where Jordan comes in. And when I tell him my dreams, he's like, okay, take the steps to get there. And I'm like, oh no, I'm too scared. And he's like, okay, then if you're not willing to take the steps to get there, then it's just going to forever be a dream. And that's, I don't know why I am that way. I just am. So I'm thankful to have a partner who his an actions kind of a person and helps me God paired us perfectly together because otherwise I would not be successful in anything. <laughs> so thank God for him. So I've realized that now I'm, there's a lot of joy in taking the steps and there's not as much intimidation or fear when you actually take the steps and learn. So my next thing besides finding the reason why you're intimidated or fearful or standing in your own way is to stop listening to what other people are telling you. Hold on. <laughs> Don't go too far with this. But you you need to figure out what you should do. So there's this weird thing that's been happening in society for probably forever <laughs> or since like the modern era came about maybe even starting in like 1920s or something where um if you split men and women up women society has told women that their value is based off of beauty you know general generally speaking and men base their value off of being the man of the house like doing, 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 protecting, 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 um, making the money for the family, being productive all the time, like gains, 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 my guy. Like, do you know what I mean? Like men are kind of viewed as needing to provide in many ways 
And that includes having the most knowledge and being society is telling them like you need to intake all of this productivity knowledge all the time um, in order to be successful. You must be successful men and women. You just need to be beautiful. And now that we are in 2021, what's really interesting is because um, men and women are trying to become more equal. Yeah. Um, in society, you see men feeling like they need to be really attractive in order to keep their wife or even get a girlfriend or a boyfriend and that the women need to be super productive all the time. Like I need to be building my own business. It's 2021 and I'm a female and we run the world. And I'm not saying this is bad. This is just what society is kind of doing to us, right? So now that there's the Clubhouse app, Clubhouse, if you don't know what Clubhouse is, it is basically a podcast like this. Um, However, you, if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing me. Um, Clubhouse is an audio only app that's live and you cannot listen to it again. And it's like a room and you can join that room and you can either join the room and speak or you can just join the room and listen depending on the rules of the room. And it's all about different types of topics, right? Like you could either be talking about faith or you'd be talking about advertising or you can be talking about um, cultural differences or whatever. It's just anything. You can literally talk about anything. Movies. And what I'm seeing is this weird um, like influx of people that feel the need to listen to Clubhouse in order to feel super productive. Like if I'm not listening to something on Clubhouse, I'm not learning. So that's like when you're allowing the world to tell you what to do. Like, okay, Laura, everyone's on Clubhouse right now. You should be on Clubhouse. Are you listening? Are you listening to a room right now in Clubhouse? Are you learning right now? You should be learning while you're working from home. If you're not listening to a Clubhouse room right now, and while you're trying to do a really good job at your job, you are failing. Like, that's what it feels like. And that's insane. That is actually insane. Are you a victim of that? I don't know. I thought I was a while back. Now I'm not. But that is, if you're, if that's not the way you function, that's going to be really toxic to the way that you view the world or the organization that you're in or the community you're in or the industry you're in. And if you're like wanting to be a social media manager and so you're working in social media managing, you're listening to social media managing podcasts and clubhouse rooms and all of that stuff. And you're like saturating yourself in social media management so much so that you don't have a life. You can get really intimidated real quick, like very bad quick. I've been there. So don't always do what people are telling you to do. Don't always do what society is telling you to do. You need to have a mind of your own. Okay, moving on. The next thing, a next tip is get humble and learn what you need to learn. This is kind of what I said talking about me with my fashion design. I sacrificed $100 and I bought two fashion textbooks that are like rated some of the best. 
and I'm learning. I'm learning what I need to learn so that I will not be intimidated anymore. So something that I used to do, and I hope I hope you don't do this anymore after hearing this because um, it kind of goes along with that interview story I was talking about where experts or successful people in the industry get interviewed and then you just hear their backstory and you feel that their backstory is part of their experience. So before um, I realize now I'm not a fashion designer, I want to be, but I'm not one right now. Like I don't actually have the skills and I'm learning. Before I was that, I would probably at one point have said I was a fashion designer because I wanted to be a fashion designer and I thought it's just like this weird conceptual idea. So I, and I felt like I was sort of living it out weird, right? So I would use, because I had no experience in fashion designing whatsoever, I would use my childhood past stories as my expertise. Man, I hope I don't hope I don't sound crazy right now because I feel like people do not talk about this and I really want it to be a normalized conversation that we probably have all done it, but let's actually take real steps to becoming the person who you want to be. I want you to actually become who you want to be or do what you want to do or live where you want to live. You have to take the action steps. So instead of just like letting this weird subconscious idea of your dream become reality, it's not reality yet until you take the steps. So I would, (laughs) because I had no expertise in this and yet I wanted to be a fashion designer and I kind of told myself I was in order to feel satisfied so it didn't feel so much of a dream but it felt like a reality I know this is kind of weird stuff but man it made me feel better if you let me know that you think this way too um (laughs) I would use my past stories about making handbags when I was like 10 years old in my bedroom from old jeans and scraps of fabric I would like glue them together and I'd have a handbag and I loved that that was like one of the highlights of my creative childhood and I would use those stories and like write out a bio of who I was like for my website or something like that and use that as the reason why I am a fashion designer because I was trying to be like the people in an interview who were like yeah, back in my, you know, youthful days, all I did was skydive. I don't even know if kids can skydive. <laughs> maybe that's illegal. So maybe this is a bad um, example, but now I'm really going with it and I like it. So yeah, I used to just jump out of planes all the time when I was a kid. Like I was, I don't even remember how young I, or how old I was when I first started. I was probably like six months old, you know, and you're just like, cool. Well, I'm 30. So how am I supposed to live up to that? Like he has 29 and a half years on me of being a skydiver and I want to be a skydiver. And how am I supposed to have such an amazing story? You're not, you're not supposed to have the same story. That's not, that is 2% of the population of success stories. That just might happen to be the only interviews that you're reading. 
or you're coming across. Okay, moving on. So the next step is to take the small steps. Again, I've said this, but like I think breaking down this, um, these tips practically is really important. So take small steps. Find a healthy balance of following. This is like for social media because, you know, I'm like social media is literally my life. So do you like that accent? I'm so sorry if I'm offending anyone, but actually I don't think I would be offending anyone with this accent except for myself because it sounds so bad. So on social media, there is a balance of following people that inspire you and following people that make you feel bad about your journey. You know those people. I, I feel like those people are highlighted way more in your mind than the people that inspire you. Or maybe not. So with the people that make you feel like you're not productive enough, they're trying to build their small business so much so that if you're not as excited or sharing as much about it, then you are failing. And it's like, cool, I hate you. Like, stop it. I don't know if they're doing it for their own sake because they actually don't feel like they're doing much in their business. So the more they feel like they blow up everything and dramatize everything in their business, the more they feel successful. But it is damaging people. It is damaging people's process and the speed that they're going at. So I hope this resonates with you because that's super important. So follow the people that inspire you and dump the people that don't cut them out. Now, if you're like part of this community, this is for people that are like really into social media. If you're follow like a part of a social media engagement group, like off of Instagram, because I don't think Instagram allows you to do that anymore. Um, and you have to have those people in your life, mute their stories, comment on their feed posts and just don't pay too much mind to it. Like truly not Try not to invest in it too much for your own sake if you can't unfollow them. Um, And the last thing I want to say is start thinking positively about the unknown and about change. Um, Let dreaming be fun because there's a a time where you can go from, oh, yeah, I'm a dreamer to, oh, I need to be realistic about my dreams. And then you're realistic about your dreams and it's not fun anymore. So allow yourself to keep dreaming. And if you're a slow mover, I am a slow mover. Like I am a proud slow mover. I will probably be a fashion designer by the age of 75 because because that's how slow I move. But I enjoy my life when I move at the pace that I am designed to move at. That way I don't get intimidated or burned out or step in my own way when I am having to overcome so many of my own obstacles that do make me stop before I start. So I must move slow. Um, So start thinking positively about the unknown. Like, what does that look like for you if you actually viewed the unknown as not scary and not earth shattering and not something that's going to shake your foundation? But if you have a solid foundation, which is, I mean, kind of all the things I just said, like finding the reason why you're intimidated or fearful, making sure that you are not listening to what society is telling you or the world is telling you when it's not necessarily right for you. Getting humble and learning what you need to learn. You're learning the basics. You're setting your foundation for whatever it is that you want to take charge in in your future. And then you're taking those small steps, right? 
that is your, that's the foundation. Maybe I should have titled this, or maybe I will title this podcast, setting a foundation for yourself. Because this is a, this is the only way you're going to be able to move forward. So setting a foundation, not only in your dreams or the industry that you're moving forward to or towards, but having a foundation spiritually, having a foundation physically, that's, I mean, that's every part of, this is like the lifestyle lifestyle subject of it, right? So like having a foundation of your health, physical, well-being, your eating habits, like having a foundation there, having a foundation with your family, having a foundation with your career, having a foundation with your dreams. There's different, there's even more categories. You can split it up as small as you want, or you can keep it as large as you want. But having a foundation is the only way to not be shaken. I mean, financially, like people talk about this, right? Like if you have a foundation financially of like a good savings account so that you are protected from your future because life will happen. I was just, I'm, I was just in this uh, financial course for five weeks and this last week, yesterday, he was talking about how, um, one out of four people will have a, um, hospitalization medical bill type of situation where you will be debilitated, not necessarily physically debilitated, but debilitated either physically, which means financially or just debilitated financially because you had to have a health scare. One in four people, that's just, or five people, excuse me, is one in five people. So that's a big deal. So having your financial savings prepped for when that happens, like we had our, this is not totally off topic, but um, Jordan and I, we had our car Um, catalytic converter, O2 sensor, muffler, whatever else, um, stolen from one of our cars. And it's a, oh, and we have to get the brakes fixed. Like, it's just a lot of money that has to get poured into this old car. And honestly, it's no hair off my back. Is that the saying? (laughs) Just pluck, no hairs plucked off my back there because we had this, we saved money for emergency situations like that. It like did not shake me at all. At all. It's still not shaking me at all. I'm like, oh man, I had to use some of the savings. But I'm like, that's literally the reason for savings. Your savings aren't meant to not be used. Your foundation will not be shaken even if you have to move things in your foundation. You get what I'm saying? So let life happen, but if you have a foundation and something goes wrong, like if you fail, you're still going to have a great marriage or whatever, great family, you're still going to have friends, You maybe you won't have finances for a minute, but money is money, you're always going to get it back somehow. That's life. So take heart, my friend. Don't let the unknown intimidate you. Or don't let the talent surrounding you intimidate you. Or don't let the place you live intimidate you. Now, if any of that is something you cannot get over, change your situation. Move. Get out of the industry. Change your path. Don't stay in a place that is not good for you that you know you cannot overcome. 
That is where um, free will comes in. We can make decisions. If you're a person of faith, you can make decisions that you're not necessarily hearing from the Lord. And if he's not telling you, no, don't do this, he's going to help you along the way because he has given you free will. So I'm preaching that to myself. So I hope this helped you. I love you guys. Don't be intimidated. Here's your solid foundation. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Follow us on the Instagram. Do your thing on YouTube. Like, subscribe, ring the bell. If there even is a bell anymore, I don't even know. Review us. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys later. Peace.